Good day, everybody. My name is Dana Massey with the Send Your Soul and the Mindful Mama podcast, and my Mindful Soul series continues. Today, I'm interviewing Josephine Hardman. She has a PhD. She's certified um, in intuitive healing and Akashic record. She even teaches people how to um, open the Akashic records and do healing through that. Welcome, Josephine. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for the invitation. I'm so excited to get to talk with you. Absolutely. So I read your bio and I just, that type of childhood is so unique and I feel unheard of. Yeah. Um, tell me about how it was growing up with the type of parents that you had, the environment you flourished in. Yeah, I and I agree that it's rare and I'm so blessed and grateful that that was my experience. Um, and I think it's also kind of miraculous because my parents, I mean, they had their own pretty significant traumas growing up. I mean, I won't go into their stories in depth because that's for them to tell. But yeah. um, for example, my mom um, lost two babies before she had me. Um, and my dad was basically abandoned at a boarding school at age six they told them they were going on a vacation and then they just left him oh my gosh (laughs) like what (laughs) um so it's not like you know they didn't have the perfect experiences growing up themselves so it's really miraculous I think that they really dug deep and they did their own healing and growing up, they realized, you know, it can't, we don't want to be the same way as parents. Um, we, it's hard to do. Like, they consciously made an effort on both ends. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's so hard to do that. It takes so much self-awareness. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they decided we need to break the cycles of intergenerational trauma and um, patterns that were dysfunctional or unhealthy. And we're going to be different with our child, me. Um, yeah. So I really benefited from that. But also they were always really, really drawn to spirituality, um, spiritual pursuits, self-development, really both of them. Um, and they traveled a lot. So my dad had experience with transcendental meditation and yoga. And then my mom is a psychotherapist and a healer herself. Yeah. Um, so as I was growing up, they were introducing me to a lot of those practices. Um, so it was just really kind of everyday normal life experience growing up in that home, uh, which again is really unique and special. Totally. And did you find yourself, because sometimes when we're given all of that, we like want to push some of it away, even as we get older. Mm-hmm. Did you go through that phase where you're like, okay, that's great, but I, I want to check all this out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I, I mean, I did, I would say experiment or, you know, cause I was curious about a lot of those practices, um, and wanted to see what, how they felt for myself. Um, and like, for example, my dad had a tarot deck in his office desk while I was growing up. So I would just look yeah. at the card and be like, oh, these are so mysterious. What does this mean? Um, But then there, I did get to a phase, um, I would say more like in later adolescence of being like, okay, this is your guys's thing. And now I'm gonna go over here 
And be so what that meant for me was that I became like a straight A student and went into more of the academic um, yeah. world. And so eventually I went into college and then grad school, got my PhD. So I was going to be a researcher and a scholar and have a, and be a professor with tenure. That was really the plan for uh, many years. Yeah. Uh, did not turn out that way um, for very conscious reasons. Uh, but yeah, I did rebel. I rebelled by being like the perfect student and rational brain and living up in my head um, and all of those things so and then finding yeah so what what started pulling you back to that other side which I think is so cool that you have the other side of like the balance like the rational mind mixed with like the subconscious mystical mind you know Mm -hmm. it it is pretty neat so what kind of brought you back to that journey that you discovered as a child Yeah, so I had um, in my early 20s, or even like on the threshold between 19 and 20, I can't remember exactly, but um, I started having like mystery physical symptoms um, of an illness, um, which were kind of paralyzing and really scary at the time. Um, And I was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to go to school. I'm not going to be able to work. Um, Because it was really that level of pain and just the symptoms that were interfering with daily life. So I went to a bunch of doctors, got all the tests done, still believed in Western medicine at the time. I mean, not to say that there are not um, benefits to Western medicine and that it it does help us in a lot of ways. But I think that was for me, um, really my spiritual awakening um, in this lifetime of being really sick and then going to doctors and them just, first of all, telling me you're gonna be sick forever. Um, You're gonna get worse over time. Um, You need to take these steroids like for the rest of your life to manage the symptoms. That's all we can do. We don't know anything else beyond that. Disappointing. Yeah, really um, almost like shattering and really destabilizing as I was on the cusp of my 20s and thinking, okay, so life is over. I guess life is over. <laughs> and really, it's like life is just starting. Um, I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. So it was really, really hard. Um, and that's when I sort of had to wake up to this reality of, which for me was, oh, you know, I've placed my authority, I've placed my trust in these men with the white coats. And ultimately, there's a lot that they don't know. Um, and that's really scary. And maybe I need to find a way to heal myself because nobody else outside of myself is going to be able to do that. Like there's no savior. There's no knight in shining armor that's going to come and make everything better. There's no magic pill. Right. So in discovering that, then I had to get serious about, okay, what are the alternative things that I can try? What are the healing modalities? What happens if I meditate every single day? Um, So I dove back in at that point. And what was your parents' reaction? Oh, I mean, yeah, they, I think they were gently nudging me in that, to move in that direction all along. Although, of course, they went to the doctor with me, too. Um, yeah, yeah. So they were supportive. Yeah, to explore all the options, because I don't think that we need to stigmatize, like, if we need to get a surgery or take the medication, that those things can be allies on the healing yeah. Path and 
I mean, I was so grateful that I did have the steroids for a while because they took some of the pain away. And then sometimes when some of the pain is relieved, then you can really sit and consciously think, okay, how do I want to deal with this? How am I going to approach this moving forward? Um, Because when you're stuck in the pain, it's like, you, there's no way out and you're just like your mind is clouded you can't really yeah. think properly and you're, you just feel so isolated um so they did help in that way but my parents were gently nudging and kind of dropping hints right like there's this other thing there's this yeah. other thing you could try um which I did and all of that really did help um and ultimately I was able to well first of all what was really important was making the mindset shift um, from, you know, when the doctors said, this is forever, you're going to get worse over time, which now I think of that as a kind of voodoo curse, um, because it's like, they just put that label on you. And then it's so hard to think outside of that box. Right. But one day I was sitting there and I, I mean, I had been meditating for a while. I was doing alternative healing practices. I found an energy healer. I was doing Reiki on myself, just a lot of different things. Um, Working with crystals. That's really how I started. And then one day I was sitting there and it was like, my mind was unlocked and I could think, oh, that was just that one person's opinion that this is going to be forever. And it's going to get worse over time. Like what if there could be a different reality? Yeah. What if I could create something different? And that I don't have to believe that. That doesn't have to be my life story. Um, So it really became about what do I want to create for myself moving forward and like taking my power back. Which is such a gift to receive from that experience. I know your parents were big believers in that, like infinite possibilities, choices. How do you work with your clients? Because it's hard to break mental patterns. It's hard to break these belief systems that have been passed down generation to generation. And it's hard with this season of the pandemic, all of this propaganda going on. And now we have like a, another layer. How do you work with your clients? Like easy tools for them to just start dismantling it. Oh yeah, that's a great question. And of course there are different layers to that. Yeah. But I do think it starts with becoming conscious of what is mine versus what is coming down through the family line or from the culture um, or from messaging from school or wherever else or just external messaging. So what are the beliefs that we've internalized that are not really your, that are not really ours? And I think we can start to realize that because sometimes it almost feels like the way I like to think of it sometimes and explain it to clients is that it's almost like you're taking on these coats that are not yours or like costumes and just layering them one on top of the other. Um, And you're just losing that core essence and that core truth of who you really are or well you're not really losing it because it's still there but you're covering it up so much yeah it like dims it's like the light gets dimmer and dimmer absolutely exactly where you just start losing touch with it um so it's really a process of like slowly removing those coats or costumes or layers that we've put on so really a process of unconditioning ourselves um and unlearning the things that are not for our highest good 
right. healing, or they're keeping us stuck, limited, or suffering. Um, and so for that, I definitely, definitely rely on the Akashic Records as a tool that is my primary modality. Um, and the records are so good at helping us to take that power back from wherever we've given it away, which could also include internal patterns. So things like perfectionism, people pleasing, um, approval addiction, all of those things, um, or even fear, which I agree with what you were saying that right now it's like in the collective, there has been a yeah. lot of panic. <clears throat> Um, and it can be difficult, like not to be hooked by that or into that. Um, so just really becoming conscious of what is mine, what is not mine, and then what what do I need to clear out so I can return to that core truth? No, that's it's so true. And how do you work with people? Okay, like victim mentality. The part of victim mentality is like when I receive my power and my truth, I might not want to step into it because. It's, it's a new journey. What's the responsibility? Do I really want this? So how do you work with people that are stuck in the victim mentality and hesitant of what's on the other side? Yeah, that, again, such a great question. And I do, when I experience that with clients, I think it comes through almost as a I think sometimes, I mean, to be honest, and I see my responsibility as always, um, so I have to say exactly what I'm seeing that is coming through the records or, you know, higher source when I'm in the session. Yeah. And sometimes that means pushing the client almost like to their edge um, yeah. or walking with them to that edge as far as they're willing to go. Um, so if I do see like that they're stuck in that place of victimhood, or maybe not wanting to take ownership of something, then I see my role as really being a mirror in that moment um, and kind of reflecting that back, but just as an invitation. Um, yeah. So reminding them that, you know, if we work through this and if you do take your power back, that means that you have expanded possibilities of what you can do, what you can create moving forward. And you're gonna have more choices and you're gonna get out of suffering you're going to alleviate your own suffering, which is the most powerful thing we can do, really. Um, so it's more of like opening the door and saying, well, there's this portal here. There's this invitation here. Are you willing to walk through it and see what happens? But then it's really up to them whether right. they want to walk through it or not. Which I can't push or force, but just to take yeah. them edge as much as possible. Yeah. And it's almost showing the clients like there's, there's all these pathways we can take. You can stay in this yeah. frequency. Yeah. It's absolutely okay. But yeah. maybe what comes with that is this uh, suffering, is this um, intrusive thoughts, yes. low vibrational belief systems, but then there's all these other possibilities, which might require some work, yeah. you know, so you get to choose. Um, yeah. Oh, and can I say one more thing about that? Yeah. Because um, something that's really important when I'm working with clients is, you know, figuring out, let's say if we're working on dysfunctional coping mechanisms, right? Yeah. Or yeah. being in the state of victimhood. Um, or even when clients have past life contracts or vows that they've made, let's say to play small um, yeah. or to never abandon so-and-so, like some person 
in their life where it's like a codependent relationship or whatever the situation might be. It's so important for me to help the client figure out what is the secondary gain of the contract or the pattern or being in that place of victimhood. Because to give a concrete example, when I was physically sick um, and I did have a contract of self-punishment through illness, which was a okay. contract. Yeah. Right. But anyway, so I, that was part of figuring out what was really happening. But for me, the secondary gain was that at the time, I was still a people pleaser and a perfectionist. And it was really, really hard for me to say no to other people. Yeah. So the secondary gain was, oh, I in being sick and being physically exhausted all the time, I can say no without feeling guilty, without worrying the other person's not going to love me anymore. Right. Or they're going to reject me or think I'm selfish, which was a really hard thing for me. Um, so I had to figure out, okay, what is the secondary gain in me being physically sick or having the symptoms or having the contract so that then I could make a decision, right? Like, okay, do I want to take ownership of this and learn how to say no without the yeah. guilt? Or even if I am afraid, like feel the fear and do it anyway, say no, how other people respond is their own business. Um, yeah. not mine. Um, or do I want to stay sick and using this illness as, a, as an excuse to be able to say no? So that was my personal experience. And that's and tough. Like that is dealing with like the people pleasing, that fear and the stories. There's like 10 different stories playing out of possibilities know. you know yes, for sure I know it is hard but so that I apply that to work with clients and figuring out okay what have you been getting from this because there's a part of you that is really attached to the victim's story or to the contract or to the limitation and what has that part been getting from it or how has it been quote-unquote protecting you from something worse happening I like that what we think might happen, right? That if we don't have that as a safety blanket anymore, like if I'm not a victim anymore, then what am I? And what am I going to create? How am I going to create it? So it is scary. It's not easy, but it is a choice. Ultimately. I like, I like that though, diving into like, okay, what's the secondary gain? Cause mm -hmm. that can even give the client awareness because they might not be consciously thinking that they're even gaining anything from it. So it is cool to yeah. dive into that with the pandemic, such unique circumstances. Yes. What are clients coming to you for? I'm sure some of it's the same as before, but is there a common theme that you're seeing? Yeah, I do think the pandemic, well, collectively, I think it's been a catalyst for a lot of, different things yeah um, and then individually I am seeing clients coming in saying um almost like hitting up against all of the ways in which their lives are no longer working or like if they or if they thought that their lives were working right for many many years and then for some reason the pandemic is like shining a light on oh, I am stuck in this job that is not fulfilling me and my soul really wants me to do this other thing or, oh, yeah. I'm staying in this marriage for all these BS reasons. Why am I doing this to myself? This is not the kind of relationship that I want um, or the people pleasing with family or whatever 
the thing might be, but yeah. people are like really hitting up against those limits or those places where their lives have not been serving them and then wanting to figure out, okay, what do I do with this? How do I change this? How do I transform this? Yeah. So stepping in again, stepping more into that place of what is my truth and how do I live it? It's hard because um, with the limitations and almost like everyone having to be at home for that period, I know it's changed now. It did. Nobody could run away from no. their stuff. Right. Sometimes the answer is just do the work on yourself, work on yourself. Yeah. See if anything changes from just doing that. So like, don't point the finger, but it's mm -hmm. like, do the work on yourself. See if something changes when you get into that growth place anyway, and you're making momentum, mm -hmm. you can make the choice peacefully. Yeah. That's you know? such a good point. Yes. And I always say to clients who are struggling with relationship issues, you know, because sometimes the first impulse is, oh, I just need to get out of this relationship and get into the next one and the next yeah. one will be better. But it's like we're still carrying the suitcases from the old relationship yeah. um, until we pause. And maybe you don't even have to leave the relationship yet. But if you look internally at, okay, what am I learning here what is my role in this relationship what do I bring to it um, right what are the things that I've been tolerating that maybe I don't want to tolerate anymore how can I communicate that in a loving way and then maybe it creates the space for that relationship to evolve and we don't have to like pop into another one exactly <laughs> so I agree totally that if we need to do the internal introspection first and the healing yeah to see where we are. Yeah. Because the discomfort's coming from inside. Mm -hmm. And I think our culture has become to act upon discomfort as, even though it's coming from the inside, okay, yeah. no, it's the job. No, it's this person. No, it's this. Or we want comfort right away. So we have all our vices to suppress yes. the discomfort. Yes. And that, I think for me, that was another big lesson when I was um, sick, which by the way, they thought it was an autoimmune disorder. I was it, thinking probably, yeah. yeah. Um, and I still have some of the symptoms of it, but I mean, it's lessened by maybe 90% yeah. with the healing and spiritual work that I Absolutely. did. And then some lifestyle changes. So I'm not on any medications now, which is counter to what the doctors said and I just like to emphasize yeah. that to give people hope that there's not just one way that you're not stuck with that diagnosis um but yeah that awareness of there is no magic pill that's gonna come from outside of me to fix all of these things or to take that emotional discomfort away because it's not a physical thing but if we have the emotional distress or we're just not happy with ourselves I think that's when we turn to the substances or the binging Netflix shows or whatever it is <laughs> yeah um, just to distract ourselves which is such a human thing to do and again I don't want to demonize any of those things because those coping mechanisms are there for a reason and they yeah. sometimes help us survive which is so we have to be grateful for them but then there comes a point where they become obsolete and we just don't need them. And yeah. And keep them in check. Um, yes. Almost like with phones, it's like, okay, understand that they were created to be addictive. 
So when yeah. you're feeling like, oh, I'm checking social media or I'm just checking my email on my phone, understand that you yeah. fell for the bait. We're all yeah. going to fall for the bait. So it's okay to put those like social media detoxes, yes. um, put the time restraints on these devices or go put it in your room because yes. they're designed, they're working well, you know? Oh, yeah. It's so, it's such a trap with the phones and how we're losing like our attention spans <laughs> and just ability to be present in the now moment without that impulse to check. Sometimes I'll notice I'm sitting and my phone is nowhere near me. But do you ever have that like physical impulse of like, oh, I'm going to, and then you realize it's not there. Yes. Like the body itself wants it to be there. It's so weird. And yeah, I could say a lot more about that. But yeah, the detoxes and I think also approaching social media from a perspective of like, um, how can I use this to create or how can I be a creator? How can I be the creator here instead of just being the consumer? Yeah, or the consumer? I like that. Yeah. Because um, I think that's how they <clears throat> operate on there. But anyway, yeah. No, because I, I, I like that. Like yeah. when people um, complain about, oh, my social media is like super negative. Well, yeah. you can make adjustments where when at least you pop yes. on, you're receiving positive exactly. messages. Yes, you know, great. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I loved my time with you. And I feel like people will really be inspired just by this conversation. Yeah, I really hope so. It was my pleasure. And thanks for all the great questions. Absolutely.